You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. Angela is a passionate autism advocate, educator, and autism intervention consultant. She has a master's degree from the University of Louisiana and focused in elementary education, special education, and guidance. She is the author of Autism Healed for Life, an Autism Therapeutic Academic Children's Program. She's a public speaker, and she's a mother of a son who she believes is healed from severe autism. Here's Angela. Welcome to the show, Angela. I'm happy to have you on today. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and help families all over the country with autistic children. And I'm glad you bring that up because that's a subject that we really haven't talked a lot about on our show. And I know it's a huge need. I've got patients who have autism. I've got parents who have kids with autism who feel like, you know, they just sometimes are just felt like they're left without knowing what to do. And so I met you. You have a a great amount of energy. You've overcome uh, some extreme obstacles in your life. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. So let's start with your journey a little bit. First of all, you yes. are a parent of a child with autism. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you kind of, uh, in your book, talk about uh, essentially finding a, a cure for it or being able to at least help them become more functional. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. Tell That's us fine. a little bit about your journey with Glenn and where you are today. Okay. Well, the month before he turned three, he was diagnosed with highly moderate to severe autism. He was completely nonverbal. Glenn did not speak his first word until he was six and a half years old. No words until then. So as you can imagine, being turning three years old, uh, we ended up with a lot of therapy needs. The first thing I did, I would like to say is, Upon the day of the diagnosis, which completely devastated me, I honestly felt like I was given a death certificate for a living child. And I know that sounds really rough, but the reason I'm saying it is the doctor, the neurologist who diagnosed my son, gave me no hope. Gave me no hope. She held my hand when he was, she held my hand and she said, Angela, I'm so, so sorry, but your son has autism, lifetime disability, no cure. Maybe he will never speak. You know, we'll just see what therapy can possibly do to help him progress. Oh my God, what a thing to be told as a parent. So driving home, driving home, I had all of these thoughts in my mind. How am I going to pay for therapy? How do I know? What type of therapy he even needs? Will he ever speak? I mean, you have this flutter of fear that overcomes you because this doctor didn't give you any type of hope and you're on your own. So once I got home and I spent a week or two just absorbing the diagnosis because it was not, I I did not know anything about autism 15 years ago. In 2003, when he was diagnosed, one in 150 children were diagnosed with autism. Now, in 2018, we're one in 59 children in the U.S. Uh, Just a quick statistic, the United States is the number one country in the entire world with the highest autism rates in children. That's unbelievable. So we have a huge 
outbreak, an epidemic of autism going around this country right now. And parents don't know what to do. So I will tell you, because of the journey I went through with my son, this was the reason Autism Healed for Life, the book, was written. I, I wrote the book for parents who don't know what to do from the day of the diagnosis on. So the first chapter of my book, of course, begins with the day of Glenn's diagnosis. So this is what I did. Came home, pulled myself together the best I could. And then I thought, okay, I've been an elementary teacher for 10 years now, regular ed, first, second grade, lower, lower age children. And I knew that the local school district offered a free, full evaluation of every, every area for child development. So I, this is great advice for me to lend to your audience because these parents out there with these young autistic kids and are where I was, this is the best advice I can give you to, to begin your program. Go to the school district, speak to the special education department supervisor, the head person. Don't waste your time with other people. Go head, straight to the top. Tell them that your child just received an autism diagnosis you need a complete evaluation. From that point, they will um, create, so to speak, an assessment team for your child with five or six different types of um, educators. Normally what they do is they'll have, um, let me see, how can I say this? They'll have an audiologist. They'll have a speech pathologist. They'll have a person, a school psychologist, who's there simply to do all of the different assessments for your children. Um, what I did also, would, very important for autistic children, is a communication disorder specialist. They'll have a social worker, uh, you know, all of these types of people. You have a school nurse. So there's six or seven people on a team. They're gonna, what they're going to do is have the parent come to the district with the child, the office. They will give informal and formal assessments of the child. There's five or six. I have them listed. Actually, if anyone listening today would like to go to my website, I do have freebies that uh, are being uploaded. So it may not be uh, actually available today, but within the week it will be. Uh, working on my website on that right now. But what I have is the list of all the different assessments that children should take if they fall into the autism range. Now, let me say this. When a doctor is diagnosed as a child, you still have to go through the school district and they have their own criteria to classify your child as autistic, even though you have an actual, you know, diagnosis from a doctor. The school district is different than a doctor. I've been teaching for 27 years now. So what's going to happen is this assessment team is going to each one by one work with your child, do all of the assessments. When they end up having all of the assessments completed, they will create a summary report from that summary report, when you reconvene at a meeting, you know, a week or so later with the group of people who work with your child, they will say, yes, 
your child fits the criteria for autism. Therefore, we at the school district can offer you free therapy. It is completely free. Uh, most parents with autistic children, and I am also in that category, Glenn was placed in speech therapy and occupational therapy. Okay. Uh, the bad thing is the school district doesn't offer sensory therapy and sensory integration dysfunction is huge with our autistic children. So I'm going to urge your listeners to go on to Google and, and the Internet and check out sens uh, sensory integration dysfunction. If they don't want to do that, of course, my, my book has a full chapter on sensory integration, which is I give a detailed explanation of it and how it works with children. But with that being said, once the school district completes the evaluation, then the parents are offered speech and occupational therapy for their children. My gosh, grab it and take it and run with it. Uh, this is free therapy. It's quality therapy because the people who work for the school district normally have master's degrees who perform the therapy for children. I will say something extra here. Because my son had such significant social interaction difficulties, which is a very important portion of why you're diagnosed with autism, we went on a school campus for four or five speech therapy sessions at three years old when he first started, you know, after the official evaluation was done. And my son screamed and hollered pretty much the entire time we were in that classroom with that teacher. Why did he scream and holler? Well, because his sensory overload was so, such a problem, I should say, um, he could not handle being in crowds. He did not want to be anywhere other than our home. Anytime I backed out of the driveway in the car and just put the car in drive, I could hear him fussing in his little his car seat in the back because he didn't like being out around strangers and people he didn't know. I was fortunate. I went back to the pediatrician. This is really good advice for your listeners as well. I went back to the pediatrician and I said, okay, we're at the school campus. We're receiving speech therapy, but it's not benefiting my child because he's crying and he's having tantrums and he's pulling on my purse so we can leave. And he doesn't even want to be in the room with the lady to sit and learn anything. He said, okay, the problem is your son has tremendous sensory problems and he should have his therapy at home. So here's a big key, parents. If you see this is happening with your child as well, just go to back to your doctor. Get it written on a script pad that your child must receive homebound, homebound therapy services. When you go back to the school district office, Go back to the lady who did the um, original assessment, the super uh, supervisor for the special ed department. You show her that documentation with the doctor's signature. They must oblige. They must provide homebound therapy for your child, and you will not have to go on school campus any longer. Now, I'm talking – now, this ranges for all ages, Dr. Pound, but for Glenn, when he was three, four, and five – we had homebound therapy services at home from the school district. 
therapy for speech and occupational therapy. And I will tell you, the two ladies that they sent to my home during the week to work with them several times were the most, were the sweetest people. And, you know, you develop a good relationship with this individual therapist when she comes into your home and works with you and your child. Uh, it's kind of a family within a family. It was very personable, and Glenn really liked the therapist, and he loved them coming into our home where he was completely comfortable and at ease. And progression really started appearing. So I highly recommend that if you go through the school system and then your child has, you know, meltdowns and emotional tantrums in uh, a social environment, go back to that doctor, get the homebound therapy request paperwork and bring it back because that was a lifesaver for us um, as far as that goes. Yeah, and I know we're kind of jumping so around, but uh, you, you're, in your mm-hmm. first chapter, you say, you know, the, the heading is you're not alone. And you talk really about, uh, Glenn, and your, you kind of things that you noticed even before, like avoiding eye contact, not responding to his name, mm-hmm. displaying repetitive behavior, and, and that he, you know, even when he was older, that he was unable to, like, uh, you know, button his clothes or zip. Uh, zip his pants or even yeah. tie his shoes until he was 12 years old. So it sounds like he was diagnosed pretty early you know, on in his life. Is that correct? Or was there a time where you're wondering, you know, maybe why he was falling behind? Well, I will tell you that that's a really long conversation I could answer for you, but I'll try and limit my comments on that because there's so much to say. Um, the month before he turned three, he was still not talking. And I knew that was a huge, I knew that was not correct. I mean, I knew there's something majorly wrong here. Uh, his behavior, you know, was a little off at times, but the, the big thing that hit me as a parent was my child's not talking. He makes grunt sounds instead and not syllables. So that was the main reason we went to the doctor to get the diagnosis, you know, to find out what was what. The one thing about autism that all of us need to know is when you bring your child into the doctor's office to to see if they are autistic or not, it's simply, uh, I I answered a lot of questions about his behavior, and um, there's no blood work, there's no x-rays. I mean, it's actually a a visual observation as far as the doctor's uh the doctor's part and looking at all the answers of his behavior so autism is a very frightening topic to talk about with parents because society in general um has a lot of myths that they believe about autism and they're not true and so i think as parents with autistic kids we battle a lot of things in our own homes trying to help our kids progress and get through this life and at the same time, the public is not always so kind concerning our kids. Well, maybe there's probably a, a big misunderstanding, too, or maybe just, you know, people don't understand, because I'm sure there's been uh, significant challenges as a single mom raising a son diagnosed with severe autism. Yeah, very much so. I mean, I had to be the breadwinner for the house financially, you know, maintain a job, pay the bills, plus be 24-7 medical mom. So, a lot of weight on my shoulders, but I find in the most difficult in the most difficult times in life is often when we find 
our deepest strength. And the main thing I want to say today to all the parents who are listening is never give up hope. Always push and know that in the end, light will come to the end of the tunnel. You may be in the darkest years of your life right now. I will tell you, when Glenn was three, four, and five, and six, that was the darkest years of my entire life. But right now, at 18, I can stand up and testify and tell you, this child has unlimited possibilities for his future. Why? Because I persevered. I did everything possible to help Glenn. I did not want any guilt as an, uh, a parent that I didn't do everything possible to help my son. And thank God I stayed on that mind that that mindset and that path because in the end, my son is a complete mirac- miraculous testimony story. And in your book, Truly. you talk about how your pain becomes your purpose, and this really feels like yeah. after talking to you that this is your purpose. So explain a little bit more about how that has become your purpose and how you've turned it into that purpose. Yes, certainly. Um, Because of the struggles I went through with Glenn as a single mom, divorced, by myself, raising him, um, I live daily with a heart bleed, I must tell you, uh, inside of me, worrying about, you know, will he ever speak? How will he ever order a hamburger at McDonald's if he can't talk? I mean, all these things as a parent go through your mind. If something happens to me, who's going to take care of my child? I mean, when they're really severely autistic as a parent, you have so many fears. Um, But I will tell you, through all of the things I did with Glenn, all of the therapy, I actually did a lot of therapy at home with my own son that I actually researched, learned, and taught myself. Uh, I have a second book that just came out. Autism Therapeutic and Academic Children's Program. It is a it is an autism program for children from ages two to nine. It's actually a book that I wrote for Glenn myself when he was three and a half years old. Um, it teaches all of the different therapies and strategies and skills and practical applications that parents can intertwine into their life, their child's daily life, to get them on the path of recovery and curing of autism. Um, but through the years of, you know, pushing through all this the therapy and all the other things, I slowly saw progression in my son, year by year by year. This is a child who was in an autistic classroom for pre-K, K, first grade, who slowly, slowly got mainstreamed into regular ed. And by eighth grade, 10 years after he started school, He's in regular education classes with all the other kids, making straight A's and no more special ed classes. That is a miracle in itself, as parents know out there. Um, So Glenn gradually progressed enough, Dr. Pound, where eventually he was completely autism-free. He just turned 18. I bought him an SUV two weeks ago. He's driving with a license. He's on the golf team at school. He's in social clubs. He's going off to college next year. It's an amazing story. And, and so the, the main thing I want to stress today to all of you who are listening is push that extra mile. Make sure that 24-7 you find very simple, easy ways to intertwine therapy into their daily life. Glenn was 12 years old before he could tie his shoes, and I'll tell you why. He was diagnosed finally at 10 with dysgraphia. And I'm sure, Dr. Pound, you could give a talk on dysgraphia, right? 
um, and fine motor skills. Uh, that was a huge deficit for Glenn. So there's many things, you know, throughout my book, I give many, many, many examples of the difficulties he struggled with and how I overcame them to have, for Glenn to have the easiest life possible and the least frustration while we managed to keep coping with skill deficits until we finally achieved, conquered, and mastered them. Yeah, and I like that in your book you do kind of outline that. Uh, a few things that you do bring up is having a consistent schedule, implementing that home mm-hmm. therapy like you talked about. Um, and, and this one, ignoring non-threatening behaviors. I can even apply that to my kids, right? Just not giving I, them something to, <laughs> to really be able to, to, yes. to look for that attention. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I will tell you, uh, parents of all children, as you know, right, uh, we all need to learn how to redirect our kids, okay? So, you know, if a, a behavior is not appropriate or uh, hurtful or, you know, self-destructive or injurious, you know, injury-type uh, injury behavior, you want to always redirect. That's so easy to do, you know? Uh, redirect simply means start talking to them about a completely different topic, you know? Uh, grab their hand and say, "Hey, come on, let's go. Uh, let's go blow bubbles with the bubble stick." You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things you can think of to say. Uh, let's go bake some cookies. Uh, hey, why don't we go watch that cartoon that you like? I mean, there's so many things we can say to our kids to get their mind totally geared in another direction. So, yes, redirect is uh, a wonderful uh, thing that we as parents need to do with our kids as they need it, you know, whether they're special needs or regular kids. I mean, and I don't like the word, you know, I don't like that label normal because I've been a school counselor for many years. And honestly, we all have some type of thing that is um, a score regret or something we, we cope with. So I don't, I don't like labels. I honestly don't like labels, but um, parents just stay strong. There, you have so much power within you. There's so much inside of you. No one knows your child better than you do. No one. And no one loves your child more than you do. So staying where you are and just keep looking ahead. You know, I always have this little scenario where I say, you know, the past is like the little rearview mirror in the car, right? And the future is that huge windshield in front of you when you're driving. So uh, I think our mindset is, is half of the battle. If we just stay positive and stay strong and motivated, you will always see success and recovery. It, you don't always know what day, what time, what month, but it is definitely coming. And I like the, the things that you shared about uh, the things that worked that you actually enjoyed. Some of those were like storybook time or picture cards. And you talk more about mm-hmm. the occupational therapist and how important it is for them to be able to relate with the kids and how important it is for the kids to enjoy their company as well. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. As I went through the years with Glenn and we had to select different therapists for different things, I will tell you, Glenn had speech therapy, uh, you know, through the school system. But I, with parents who have, you know, a good insurance policy, you can always get additional in, uh, therapy for your kids through your medical insurance. And so we did that also. Glenn had speech therapy and occupational therapy and sensory integration therapy. 
on, you know, through my health insurance for him. And I will say through the years, Dr. Pound, we did change therapists. We did change therapists. And this is something that is so important. You know, there's no time to waste with our kids with progression. If you have a therapist with your child and four, five, six months goes by and you're not seeing progression, please change therapists. Please change therapists because we don't have time to waste. Uh, Our little child's life is in the palm of our hands. And it's our responsibility to make sure that we choose the right person for them. Another thing I've done is when I did need to hire another therapist, I would always, well, I will tell you the best way to find a therapist, which most people don't think about, is joining the parent autism support groups in your local communities. They have a wealth of information for therapists in your area where you live. That is a go-to spot to find autism, you know, people who are therapists but have tons of autism experience working with our kids. You have to have a person who has autism experience or you're not going to have the same effect. And you want to really progress with your rate of uh, progression. One thing that I learned years back that most people are not aware of is this. Early intervention is so crucial. At eight years old, our child's major pathways of their brains are fully developed. So all therapy from, you know, let's say two or three, when they get diagnosed through eight, you will have the fastest rate of recovery for individual skills. After eight years old, of course, progression still occurs, but it's not at a high pace. It's not as noticeable. You, that is one thing that I did learn through the years. So I'm so grateful for the, the time that I spent really pushing him in therapy hard from three to seven and eight years old, because I think that's another reason Glenn overcame so many symptoms and characteristics and behavior problems is because those intervention key years, we really pushed therapy. Right. No, that's amazing. So Again, if people are looking for more help with this, I, I would strongly recommend just reading your book. It has a journey. You have another book out as well, and you kind of talk about the program. Where would you tell people to, who want to know more about this? Where would you direct them to to find more about you? Okay. Well, uh, I have a website. It's www.autismhealedforlife.com. Uh, it's actually the same title as my book. Autism Healed for Life is a beautiful book that uh, was just released earlier this year. It's the 14-year journey from the day of Glenn's diagnosis, the month before he turned three, through the age of 16, when he was announced completely healed of autism by his neurologist, who's about to do a documentary actually on his life because he's such a miracle story of all he's been through and conquered. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out to talk with us, and you've, you obviously have a huge success story on your hands, and really mm-hmm. look forward to being able to share your word with more of my listeners, as well as parents who are looking help forward w- with autism, with kids with autism. So again, thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you so much, and it was a pleasure to be with you today. Thanks for listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com. Oh.